0: Welcome to Streams of Income with Ryan Rieger. Today we play Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on when play Lego. Here's my Daddy, Ryan
1: Rieger. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and we are at episode 200. Can you believe it? It's uh, been three and a half years since I almost four. It's going on four years. It's August, I believe, of 2019 when we first launched this thing. And if you remember the story, I was uh, I wrote the book Streams of Income and I was looking for ways to get the message out there. And so I contacted a local radio station about running ads on their, on their station. And they told me the cost of it. I'm like, whoa, it's a lot more than I wanted to spend. He said, however... For about the same cost as one of these ads, you could have your own show on multiple stations. I think it was two stations at the time. And so that really intrigued me. And I had always thought about a podcast, uh, just never did it because I didn't, you know, I knew you had to be very, very, very consistent with the content. You just didn't want to just throw something up there. And then six weeks later, another episode. So I, I went ahead and said yes to the radio show. I started the podcast at the same time since I was already creating the content for radio. I might as well make it a podcast. Well, several months into it, I was looking at the uh, what I was spending and like, man, it's not feeling like I'm getting the return on investment for it. So I actually stopped being on the radio and then just continued with the podcast. And I've been doing it since August of 2019, which is amazing. What's One of the cool things though about having a podcast is all the amazing guests I get to interview and get to meet virtually and some now in person, some now become good friends of mine. It's so cool. And so for this 200th episode, I wanted to bring to you, these aren't in any particular order. I just went through my list of some of the guests I've had over the last four, almost four years, and just picked out some of the episodes. And we've got some clips of each of these guests. And so I'm going to tee each of these up with a short intro about who this guest is. And, um, and you're just going to hear some various clips uh, from each of these guests. Now I have learned a ton from these folks that you're about to hear from. Um, I usually say that I've, I took a ton of notes because I do, I I love, I look at these episodes when I record them as like, this is a learning opportunity for me to sit in front of this person who use many times they've written books. They've got courses, uh, they are s- speakers all over the world, and I have the opportunity for 30 to 45 minutes to have them alone with me to learn, uh, and it's amazing, and so that's uh, one of the huge benefits of me having this podcast is for me. Now, I love that you're listening, and, and there's people that are um, in my audience that uh, you know gain as much from it as I do, but that's one of the huge benefits, and I just wanted to take snippets from each of these episodes. I believe there's maybe 10 of them. Uh, So this is going to be a longer episode because of all the clips that we've got. But uh, this is a way to celebrate 200 episodes. And first up is my friend Mike Bolton. He's from episode 192. He is with Life Rekindled. And so Mike and I talked about business, marriage, uh, health, and he is now a good friend of mine. We just met several months ago. And so it's amazing how quickly uh, that relationship has blossomed. But he uh, travels the globe. He trains people in business and church, uh, how to overcome challenges and grow in their impact and success. He's recently just ran the LA Marathon. He's going to run some more marathons. He uh, had a heart attack a few years ago, survived that. And um, um, actually, was I think it was bypass surgery, he survived that and is now healthy. And uh, it's it's just very very encouraging to hear his story, and he's one that I definitely took a lot of notes on. And uh, I know you're going to love this. So here is my friend Mike Bolton.
2: You know, as you get more successful, people want more access to you, right? Yeah. And so, and Debbie and I, my wife Debbie and I, have talked you know talked some about that. How do you how do you manage your schedule? Because you know, all of us have the the same thing, right? We get you know, so the same amount of hours in a week and you can't say yes to everything. And so you have to be strategic.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And so I'm, I'm pretty strategic about the people uh, that I connect with. And it usually comes as a result of an introduction from somebody that I already have a relationship with Yes, that can one vouch for them. And, and they, they know that would be a good connection. Mm -hmm. And you know, that you, you know, I, if I would have just said and you never met me, you know, introduce me to your friends, you'd go, oh, no, hold on, you know i I, I take that personally mm-hmm. because I want my friends to do the same with me, you know, not vet, but yeah vet yeah you know, who exactly. who is this person what yeah you know tell me a little bit about who you are and mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a zoom conversation first, which sure. takes you know let, you know block out ten minutes and yeah. you go, right away you're probably if you're good and you're a pretty good judge of character. You go. This is a good fit or not a good fit. It yeah. Doesn't mean we don't like people. Sure, we love everybody, but we can't make time for everybody. It has to yeah. be strategic to fit yeah. into where we're going, and so you you have to have a process to be able to vet um, people. Now I'm very social, as are you, and I and I mm-hmm. like to connect with people, and I have a little more flexibility in my schedule, so I might have a bit more room for that. Yeah, but you, you know, our uh, my friend John Maxwell is uh-huh. you know, reading his latest book on communication. Um, you can, you can have access to him, Mm -hmm. but it's going to cost you a donation to his foundation. Yes. Yeah. This is not complicated. Sure. And so very successful people, (laughs) they set the bar and let people self-select. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's, there's opportunities there to say yes, but you you have to be selected. And, you know, when you're met with the possibility that your life could be over, um, and people say, "Did you, you know, did you see the pearly gates? Did you see the white light?" No, I never not any <laughs> that. But I knew this was serious. I didn't think yeah. I was going to die, yeah. but I could have. Mm. And and so I, I made a decision to get healthy. Fortunately, dodged a bullet. You know, the heart's working good. i um, lost fifty pounds, mm. and and I and I had to make this decision that I wanted to celebrate my recovery. Mm-hmm. And so, running the marathon was a, was a, a gift to myself. And yeah. in my family that I can get healthy. <laughs> well, at mile so, twenty, you one. told me
1: how tough it was. At mile twenty, it was, it probably it was wasn't tough. probably wasn't a gift, right?
2: Well, yeah, yeah. You find out afterwards that uh, not uh, things are a lot easier said than done. <laughs> yes. in fact, anything worthwhile is easier. You right. know, is easier said than done. Yeah, but I had to make that decision to go. I want to celebrate that. I want this is this is something I want to do, and my wife was there to celebrate. But number two, equally, is important. We have five grandkids, my wife and I have five grandkids, uh, ages eight to four. And we tell them all the time, you can do things, you can do hard things when you're fearful, you know, just focus and do things even when you're fearful. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I was thinking, well, they're going to look to my wife and I and go, well, do you live out what you teach us? Mm -hmm. And I go, I want to be able to say to them, you can do hard things. And remember when grandpa and grandma ran the marathon. Now Debbie and I are going to run the June 25th, Missoula, Montana marathon together to celebrate Mm -hmm. our 40th wedding anniversary. Most people just go out for dinner
4: and you're going to run, we're going to run a marathon.
2: Wow. Nobody would ever accuse us of high levels of sanity. Right. But but to say to our, our grandkids, you can do hard things. Mm. And so that's the whole idea of this. Why digging down and knowing your why I think it was Victor Frankl who said, if your why is strong enough, you can endure anyhow. Mm. And there are moments where when you're doing what you feel you've been created to do and called to do, yeah, and it gets hard. You, you've experienced that, Ryan. Yeah. And, and lots of people have. Yeah, Is your why strong enough to carry you through? Will you persevere? Because you know without beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is why you're on this earth. This is why you're called to do what you're doing. Yeah. You're gifted to do it. You're competent. Yeah. and And- and you can make a difference in people's lives. Yeah. Um, you know that why, then you're gonna live a fulfilling purpose. What's going on? And it, it, so it's kind of like building a house.
3: Mm-hmm. And this
2: is how I describe it. Um, spiritual foundation. I'm a person of faith. So, what's the foundation? Everybody's house is gonna be built on some kind of foundation. I'd rather build it on a solid, proven, tested foundation. Yeah. Okay. And and there's parables in the Bible. Jesus told some stories about built on a rock, built on sand. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the storm, listen, you can't tell a house how it's going to hold up until some stress is applied to it a storm, an earthquake, something. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So, spiritual foundation. And then, um, mentally, how am I growing mentally? What's my mindset? Um, Is my mindset growing? Um, Is it open? Uh, to growth. And there was a great book by Carol Dweck about mindset that was revolutionary to me. Mm. Uh, Carol Dweck, D W E C K. Um, great book on mindset, life-changing for me, probably one of the five most influential books in my life. Wow. All right. So what's going on for my mindset? Mm-hmm. Um, am I emotionally resilient? So another area that I work on, what's my emotional resiliency like? Do I have some level in my life or am I all over the place emotionally? Because, man, when I deal with my emotions and my emotional baggage to deal with stuff today, once I did a lot of work in that area over the over years, over the last 20 years, man, my level of emotions, no matter what comes along, man, I can just kind of ride that out a lot more even. Now, there's ups and downs, but it's way more, um, way more even uh, relational. Um, how's my relational piece? Here's a question that I uh, here's a comment or a quote that I read or a question so it is who are the people that love and respect you the most are they the people that know you from a distance or are they the people that know you the best and are closest mm. to you i want the people closest to me my wife my kids yes. my grandkids my closest friends to love and respect me more than people do from a distance that's good. because they really know the true me yeah and boy i tell you that that's a game changer for me mm. How am I doing relationally uh, with people? And then how am I doing with my time and my finances? So those kind of, I think that's seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, I think. Oh, physically, sorry, physically. I forgot about that one. My physical fitness and health. You know, this is the body I'm going to go through life with. I can't accomplish everything I want if it's not healthy and strong. And so I focus a lot of attention on it. That's why I run and weightlift and watch what I eat most of the time. Um, Except when we go out for lunch and then it's, right. <laughs> uh, that really looks good. I'm going to have that too. But if you don't put time into your marriage, it's going to, it will affect every part of your life
3: mm.
2: and it will affect your business. I talk to guys all the time, you know, they, they look like they're successful in business,
3: mm-hmm. but their
2: marriage, you know, marriage blue part and it go, was it worth it? Yeah. No. Nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I would have spent more time at work. No, definitely not. Would I have spent more time in my family, on my marriage, and my family? And I tell you, I always say to people hard work compounds,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but you don't see the result early on. Yeah. My wife and I really went through some ch- very challenging times in the first 10 to 12 years of our uh, marriage. Mm-hmm. And we decided at that point to do a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. which we are now reaping the benefits of. Did we reap them immediately? Yeah, there was some immediate benefits.
3: Mm-hmm. Some of the
2: issues that we dealt with um, were taken care of, but now the compounding effect, it's like money, right? Yeah. You don't see the compound effect immediately, but give it 20 years, give it 30 years, give it 40 years. Now you're just disproportionately reaping mm. the benefits of the hard work you did years ago. That's so good. And it just makes everything so much more, all the success, it makes it so much better because you can share it yes you get to share it with somebody what you are most frustrated in and your spouse probably says more about you than it does about them mm. and, and that's a general rule when i'm frustrated with other people yeah it says more about me than it does about them mm. because it means there's stuff that i got to deal with wow and i tell you if you go deep and i'm a big fan of going deep uh, when you go deep you'll go far mm. In life, if you go deep on the inside, you'll be able to go far, because you're more authentic. You're more real. You're more real in marriage. You're more real in business. You're more real as a friend. You're just more authentic.
3: Yeah.
2: Because you're not trying to be somebody you're not, right? I'm not trying to put on a front. This is who I am. You come to if you came to my house. If all the listeners, we could get them over and had a big party. Uh huh. I I know with you, you'd be the same person you are when we have lunch or on this podcast.
1: Right. And I know I would be. Yeah.
2: Because that's who I am. And, and this, mm-hmm.
1: is, this is who I am. Now we're going to hear from Jason Elkins from episode 190. So I've mentioned this many times before that real business is relationships. And Jason has created a system to foster and nurture those relationships. And it's done wonders for him. So he lost his job in 2010 at a web design firm and rather than fear here's this is what his wife said my wife my his wife's response to the news was maybe now you will start that business you are destined to start god told me that this was going to happen he's given me total peace we are going to be fine and i believe in you man that that is awesome uh, i have a supportive wife and it's just amazing to have that kind of support uh, when you're going through tough times, but Jason went through a tough time, but here was his idea. He decided to implement a strategy of having 100 coffee meetings in 100 days, and through that, he was able to grow a social media company and consulting business that's now in its 60 year. So it's just amazing. Uh Jason just builds relationships, and things come from that. My friend, Dan Miller, talks about the 3 a.m. list, those people that would take your call at 3 a.m. and help you with whatever you got going on. You build that, you're going to be successful. Here's Jason Elkins.
5: Walked in one morning for a meeting. Boss called us all in and called me into a meeting with his partner. And their lips were quivering just a little bit. Uh, and and the, it was kind of one of those, you could feel the energy in the room wasn't great. Yeah. And uh, they said, today we're letting you go. We're letting a designer go and we'll make some shifts in the way that we do business. Mm. They had partnered with a different platform. Yeah. And the platform was supplying leads. And okay. If I was in their spot, I may may have made that same decision. So um hindsight's a, a really good uh, uh really good lens sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. But but in the moment that was a that was a challenging thing for me. Sure. I really liked the sales aspect of it because I knew that I was helping people and businesses grow with these website launches, but the thing I didn't like about it. Was the once the sales over, you're you're done. It's uh, yeah, yeah. You you know, you spend a lot of time building relationships.
1: Yeah, and then they're just gone,
5: gone. Yeah, connected. So, so we were even at that time we were bringing in like newsletter marketing discussions and Uh social media was just becoming a thing at that time. Yeah, so we started doing some lunch and learn stuff, and I loved that. I love the education process and providing this massive value on top of what they were already. Yeah. paying for yeah so so i had an i had a thought that maybe i could do that this is literally happening in real time as i'm driving home i'm not yeah. sure what this is going to look like and then i walked in the door and my my wife was like Why why are you here at you know nine thirty in the morning and oh no um, <laughs> i said oh. well i i told her the, the situation and she said um she's got some interesting spiritual gifts
3: yeah
5: And uh, she said, I saw this coming,
3: which I didn't. Yeah,
5: She said, I saw this coming and probably time to start that thing that you've been thinking Mm -hmm. about or this other thing that makes you happier with this work. I had been through a lot of startups. Yeah, Like I always seemed to find, you know, these places in chaos for some reason and and (laughs) go to work for them. And I don't really think the job that I had necessarily was like that, but I had a lot of things that, that, looked really good on paper, sounded really good, but maybe we're a little chaotic. Yeah. Um, mm. And, and just having the idea that I made money for all these other people. Yeah. I just need a fraction of that to make it for myself.
1: Exactly. And I'd
5: be able to, to, to control my, my destiny. A yeah, more. exactly. So, so that kind of at the core of that was, that was were it. You you re- were you
1: really strategic and who you invited to coffee? Like think people that you thought would be potential clients.
5: Yeah. Um, yes. And no, the, 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 and even in, in my class, I teach this, right? You're going to have one shot, one kills where you roll in, they have a need, you have a solution and, and yeah. things are going to work out. You're going to get a deal. But by and large, um, what you need is a network. Mm, so true. A- and even in the staffing stuff that I had done, I realized there was a lot of times that the people that I was were interviewing for other jobs were really skilled. Some were uh, senior level folks but they were company men or company women, meaning that they spent all of their time and efforts focusing on supporting that organization. Yeah. If that job ended, which they do sometimes without, uh, it's not even our fault. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have the network to plug in anywhere else. Mm. So I really felt that if I just knew enough people, I would be able to figure out, I just had enough relationships. I'd be able to figure out If, if you think about it, Uh, That's not my first step. Yes, exactly. Right, right. That's something that I would ask at at the end of a of a meeting. What didn't we cover today? Is there any other questions that you have that I can help you with? Um, Yeah,
3: that's good. Who do
5: you know that I need to need to meet with? And you know, you mentioned this, you touched on this, but I think it's important. I always start with the circle of people that you already kind of know that are in business or Mm -hmm. that you've met before. And what I got is I got a sheet of paper and I started writing names down and then I would call them or send them a message saying, I want to get to know 15 people better this year.
3: Mm. And you're
5: on that list.
3: Yeah.
5: Would you have 30 minutes to chat with me? Yeah. 90% of the time they're going to say yes to that. Yeah. It's very unobtrusive. Yeah. You're not like, hey, I'm going to be disappointed if you don't buy for me today. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah. that.
1: Right. And you, you go there and you you buy them coffee.
5: Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm
1: absolutely. Yeah, because you invited them to that meeting?
5: yeah, and, and there are people that you know that would roll in and like fight me for that or whatever and you know'm not gonna' I'm not gonna turn down a free cup of coffee, but usually I'm rolling in there first so sure and that was the other that was kind of a financial thing, right? I didn't really want to have a bunch of lunch meetings yeah uh, you know, especially getting started all <clears> those <throat> yeah. my Starbucks bill is pretty high probably Well, and I think as as things evolve um, as um, technology grows and as we're being pulled in all these different directions um as chat gpt is invading the marketing space right now and like relationships are only becoming more important i just feel so strongly about this that you know if we just knew more people it's one or two relationships that can open the doors for incredible business the fact that it is the fact that dan uh connected here has it's like it's changed Change yes. change that business, one one relationship. It's incredible. I'm
1: loving going back and listening to these episodes. These are so fantastic. I'm getting so many gold nuggets again. Uh, but next up is Vincent Puglisi of Total Life Freedom. Again, now a good friend of mine because of meeting him at different events, having him on my podcast. But he talks about building a business around the lifestyle that you want to have. It does not make sense because most people will you start, you have a job and you're trying to create a business to create freedom. But then what can happen very easily is you start a business and now you just created a job for yourself. And now you feel stuck in that business. Yes, it's your own business and you kind of can set the schedule, but you still kind of created a prison. And so business, you want to be what Robert Kiyosaki talks about, where you've got the, um, you know, you want to go over onto the business side where the business can run without you. And you've got a team and, uh, Vincent helps people do all that and think through that stuff and think about why am I building this business? Let's build a business around the lifestyle that I want to have. But he's dropped so many knowledge bombs in this episode. One thing he says, it comes back to also relationships again, but he says content and connections. And he wrote a book called, I think, The Wealth of Connection. And it's a, just like what we... Heard from with uh, Jason Okins, uh about the 100 cups of coffee is building those relationships, guys. That is so key. Create content and create connections and you're going to be successful. Here's my friend, Vincent.
6: So the idea was when we first started, so our business is called Total Life Freedom. It's yeah. mastermind community at different levels, helping people build a business to create that life of freedom. So I better have it myself if I'm going to teach Right. It, right. Um, but the idea initially was I want to work on, I want to create this to where I work on Mondays and Tuesdays. Mm. Before it was even a business, that was the idea. So often it's like, you know, and I ask this question of my clients, people I work, with, what kind of life do you want? Mm. I don't even ask what kind of business they want. I ask what kind of yes. life they want. Because if I want a life where I'm going to travel, or I want a life where I want to live in, you know, the coast of Florida, and I open up a brick and mortar shop in Fort Wayne, Indiana, well, I don't care how good your business is, you're not going to be happy because you're not doing what you want to be doing. In my community, I say, what do you have to do that is important but not urgent? Stephen Covey, Seven Habits Stuff. Mm -hmm. Quadrant Two. If you read that book, that's where we want to live our life is Quadrant Two. Important Mm -hmm. but not urgent. So Mm -hmm. we're not putting out fires. We're not scrambling around. We're not stressed out. We're doing things that is going to make next year better. Mm. Because I got everything I need today. Most people have everything they need today. Yeah, Even if you're not doing as well. Even when I was broke, I had everything I needed today. Yeah. So if you're good today, all that matters is three years from now. Mm. That's the way I look at it. So everything I do, relationships, how we handle money, how I build things, it's how is this going to make three years from now better? That's why when people say, how are you able to do all this stuff? Because I'm always doing the work for three years from today, not for today. People get so confused with business sometimes. I got all these tests, I got all this stuff. I'm like, no, it's really just in my world, it's content and connection. Mm. If you do the right content the right way, and you build your network and your connections the right way, meaning Mm -hmm. not for short-term gain, for long-term gain. That's what separates me from relationships is essentially a lack of integrity or a lack of long-term thinking in a relationship. I need this now. I'm going to shortchange something. I'm going to screw something up for my own benefits. That's where I separate, right? Mm. So connection and content, when each one is its own separate river that flows, Mm -hmm. I'm doing my weekly newsletter i'm doing my podcast i'm putting out free content i'm putting out paid, all that type of stuff consistently getting yep. better at it gaining attention that way it yes. takes a year right? it takes time to build that stuff up but any river you know the allegheny in pittsburgh starts 80 miles upstream yeah. as a tiny little stream mm. nobody would ever imagine that that's going to turn to a major city but water keep, keeps raining the riverbed goes a little bit deeper that's creating consistent content. Same yes. thing with the connections. You're reaching out yeah. to people. You're connecting people together. You're, yes. you're, you're doing it with character and integrity. You're doing it the right way. That When those two meet, mm-hmm. right, that's when the third river, which is con- commerce. That's or cash. That's where the money happens. Yeah. I had a friend that was writing a book and just had this conversation recently. And he's like, I just want to write the book. I don't really want to do a blog. I don't really want to do content. He doesn't really reach out to people because he's just focused on writing the book. So I gave him the analogy of the three rivers. And I said, you're basically taking this book, you're putting it in the third river with no water running to it and expecting a boat to get there. Mm. How's anybody ever going to see this? You don't have any content. You don't have any connection. How are they ever going to get there? Yeah. And he got that. He goes, man, you're right. He goes, and, and that's mm. why... So many books never get traction. Why so many podcasts never get traction? They're not doing these things consistently. But when you get there, mm. that's when those come together, it's called the point. Even in Pittsburgh, it's called the point. Yeah. The funny thing about it, you know, the, you know, the analogy that I use, like the stadium analogy that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But ironically, that's where the stadiums are in Pittsburgh. And so, what I use is when you build these rivers to build that third river, where, which is where the money comes in with the businesses, that's also in Pittsburgh where they build the stadiums that have. Where all the people gather, and there's tears to it, mm. meaning they play one game. They're not confused with their product. Yeah, and that's why it's way more individual than hey, just just listen to this content and I'll help you. Well, I, you know, you can help somebody walk brilliantly walk through an Amazon business, but what if that's not the life that I want to be doing? Yeah, what if I want to be doing that. Now Ryan's reputable, but it's like the whole analogy of like, don't. Don't climb the ladder on the wrong building. Don't put your ladder against the wrong. Mm-hmm. So what do you want? Like talk to your spouse. What kind of life? Like, so we we envision that. And the word that kept coming back to us, and that's why we built the business around it was freedom. Mm. I didn't want to wake up to an alarm clock. We both know Dan Miller. Dan Miller has been a huge influence in my life. And he's like, I never wake up to an alarm clock. I wake up naturally and I do the work that I want to do. So for me, it's, it's having conversations. It's Honestly, it's one-on-one conversations. It's, it's writing blog posts it's writing books it's it's recording it's all the different things in terms of the content that i want to create Mm -hmm. again confluence content and connections Mm -hmm. if i'm if i have two hours of great content creation one day and two hours of great conversations by 11 o'clock in the morning i don't need to do anything else
3: yeah Mm.
6: because if you think about content's being created now let's put it out the right way connection and relationships have been built networks been built great yep. conversations oh, i'm going to use that con- i'm going to use that connections and conversations for more content mm, and good. i'm going to use that content that forms more relationships it's like tributaries in a river that's why that mm-hmm. analogy works by the time you get to what your product is they've already asked you for it yeah they've already told you what they want yeah. now go create it that's yeah. the way it, it's it's actually that's good not that confusing when you see it that way okay mm-hmm. but most people don't have the conversations so my days are spent You know, I got it from the book, The Prosperous Coach, one of my favorite books. If you want to be a great coach, fill your day with interesting conversations. Mm. But everybody says you can't scale that. No, you can't scale that. But you will have great network relationships. You have great friendships. And you will learn more from those conversations than listening to any course. Mm. They will tell you exactly what they're struggling with. Yeah. If you want to be a coach, answer their questions and get better at it. And then take that content and write about it. And Mm -hmm. then figure out a formula for it to teach it to sell. that.
1: Next up is Blake Hutchison of Flippa.com. Flippa.com is a site where you can buy and sell businesses. And what was fascinating about this episode, guys, is that he has seen just so many different types of businesses come across his desk. And so I was sharing or asking him about, you know, what he's learned from seeing all these businesses. And he has his own really cool business journey. And some success tips. So he drops a lot of knowledge, uh, just some really, really good gold nuggets, as I say, about just what he's learned through businesses and seeing other people's businesses. What sell, what sells, what doesn't. But this is a fascinating episode. Here's
7: Blake. First and foremost, um, I'd say that uh, you know I, I embrace the pivot. So I've worked across multiple industries uh-huh. uh, and done so many different roles. So pub- I started my career arguably and technically in publishing uh i was working for lonely planet and Uh my job there was to license content so the good thing about that was wasn't necessarily that the job was super interesting but the good thing about that was you know connie you learn the value of of the written word Mm -hmm. and how powerful that is as a persuasive means to to sell and, and build business models around i will say that in my experience, and as I just alluded to before, the the fall is actually never as hard as you think it's going to be,
3: mm-hmm.
7: and so sometimes it can mean earning a little bit less money for a period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, some sometimes it can mean feeling out of your depth, and um, you know what some people would define as imposter syndrome, where you you're now trying to be someone else in a role or a job where you might not necessarily have the skills and expertise. But the good news is um, that today. To some extent, it's welcomed, Mm -hmm. and that also there's great communities that are on hand to assist you through that process, right? If you're looking at buying a business, Mm -hmm. jump into a buying a business community. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at becoming a leader for the first time, jumping to becoming a leader for the first time, community. So the good news is these days we've got so much access uh, to tools, resources, and communities that can help us um, embrace the pivot and, Mm -hmm. and ensure that that fall isn't that hard. Um, I, I guess one of the things I've learned, actually, is that businesses are actually not that different from each other. My experience working across publishing, cloud accounting software, um, an online travel agency and now a marketplace that helps people to buy and sell uh, businesses and, and helps them become new business owners is, in fact, that most businesses are, are driven and, and grown. For a good quality planning, mm-hmm. uh, extreme focus, and really wonderful people that are embraced, encouraged, and advocated for, uh, and so therefore, um, to some extent, it's called the pivot. But in many cases, it's actually not that substantial a change. So that's mm-hmm. that's my experience. I would say have a long term plan, but don't have a twelve month plan. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting one right and the reason being is i think that small businesses and digital businesses are very dynamic Mm -hmm. in nature and so if i have a 12-month plan with my strategic priorities uh the pillars of course some commercial goals and then finally um a tactical plan which enables me to achieve those things Mm -hmm. guarantee you that within three months that plan Is essentially redundant yes so you need to know the journey you're going on yes you have to have a three-year view you have to have a five-year view but a 12-month plan in my experience has never worked Mm. and actually um creates instability in an organization Mm. so what we do at flipper i'm not suggesting it's right for everyone but we have what we call eight week planning sprints or eight week plans And so how that manifests itself is we have a two-week planning period and the department heads will, against our overall three-year strategy, five-year strategy, and against the needs of the business today, i.e. how we are performing for the current 12-month period, Mm -hmm. they are asked to come up with a fresh list each time. Now, they can recycle stuff, but it's a fresh list each time of the most impactful projects Mm. that their department could be responsible for yeah including the dependencies that happens over two weeks and we refine and we refine and we refine Mm. until there are maximum three things for each department Mm. that then goes into an eight-week period and it's not a matter of these are good ideas we actually dictate to the organization everyone that the things we have itemized must actually be complete and have the ability to be complete in eight weeks that's good people have heard of crypto people have heard of nfts yeah people have certainly heard of bonds and real estate right yeah but not many people have heard about this idea of investing in an online business yeah and so what flipper has built is an opportunity for business owners uh, to raise capital Mm -hmm. now why do we think that's important we think that's important because most people aren't Connected to Silicon Valley, right? Most people don't know family offices. Yeah, most people don't have rich friends. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a reality. Mm-hmm. And so Flipper does have that network. Yeah, you do. And so we, if we can, if we can make it probable for a good quality online business owner to grow mm-hmm. and grow faster and become a more sustainable viable long-term proposition Mm. and contribute to the GDP of the US or any other economy in the world. Yeah, We believe that's that's a good gesture.
1: Next up is Brian Page. He's the author of the book, Don't Start a Side Hustle, Do This Instead. And he has a fascinating business model that he's created. And he has a course and coaching program around this. Uh, but brian talks about passive income and that is kind of like the dream for every entrepreneur but as you know if you're an entrepreneur not much of it's passive especially at the beginning but you can put in motion a plan to create passive income and he talks about how to do that uh, I-, I learned a ton again from this episode i love going back and listening to these clips and just reminds me of like man that was so good but here is brian
8: in today's culture especially among entrepreneurs we are praised for our hustle and our grind and it's kind of like you know think of gary v who says i work when you sleep and you gotta hustle your face off and you know you're all you're all lazy if you're not you know working your butt off all the time and i i don't think there's anything wrong with hard work it's just that um it's the wrong kind of money to be working towards and Mm -hmm. if you know my life was changed when i read rich dad poor dad in my 20s and, you know, Kiyosaki talks about the idea that the 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 rich buy assets, the poor and middle class do not, and they don't make their money from earned income. And so by definition, when you hustle, that means it's you, it's on you, it's all about you, it's your efforts. And there are ways to make passive income that, that don't require your efforts, at least don't require your efforts long-term. And yeah. so I would suggest that this book is all about that, how to create passive income, do it from multiple sources, and then um, eventually get back your time and, and also make a great living doing it. There's three different ways to get passive income. There's three different categories of what I call passive passivepreneurs. Uh, uh, the first one is owners. So I mentioned that I owned real estate back in the day. And owning is the easiest, most fundamental, simplest way to do it. The challenge with owning is that you have to have money or credit in order to be able to do it. You have yeah. to either borrow money, which is debt, or you have to have money to put down down payment on a house or apartment building or buying a business or any of those kind of things. So for the most part, uh, owning is great. But it's, the, it's kind of the old model of creating passive income. Because mm-hmm. nowadays, we live in a creator economy. We live in a sharing economy. So nowadays, there are assets that you don't have to even own. You can control assets. Okay. Uh, and I'll explain that in a minute. And you can also create assets from scratch, which I know you know all about. You can create in the digital world things that... Cost almost nothing to create, but they have the potential to make money over and over, day in and day out. Yeah. So, so by owning, creating, and controlling assets, you can become a passivepreneur. You can do one, you can do all three, um, and uh, and that's kind of been my journey. My other favorite one would be um, being a creator, creating digital products. So digital mm-hmm. courses is a great example. Yep. Um, creating uh, memberships where somebody pays, say, fifty dollars a month to be in your, your Facebook group or whatever, and you teach them something. Yes. Um, you know, you teach what you know. And if you don't know anything, because all I knew was Airbnb, so I started teaching that. But if you don't know anything, you, that's okay. You all you got to do is is compile information. So you could be a researcher. Yeah. You could say, I don't know anything about podcasts, but I'm certainly going to go interview. 15 top podcasters or wherever mm-hmm. I get my hands on. I'm going to put all those interviews into a product and I'm going to sell it and I'm going to sell yes. it for $500 or a thousand dollars. So yes. it's going to take a lot of effort to put it together. But once that's done, I can start selling it and it'll start selling, you know, uh, every day without me, I could have a webinar mm-hmm. or a video that teaches or that sells it for me. Yeah, so, so, um, so that's another example. You could become an expert in an area. You could just say, I'm just yeah. going to become an expert in this yeah. area. I don't yeah. know anything about yeah. it. So there's no excuse for somebody that doesn't ha- isn't an expert. Cause I wasn't an expert when I started. I just was yeah. like, uh, I'll just teach what I know. There's nothing wrong with that. If you really enjoy what you do, yeah. but most entrepreneurs are doing it because they want to, they want, they think it's a better path than having a job. And they also believe that it's going to eventually set them free. But the average entrepreneur in America works considerably more than 40 hours a week. And the average entrepreneur in America right now makes 72,000 a year. So they're not getting rich. They might be making slightly more than W2 earner, but they're not getting rich on average. So if your goal is to get Wealthy and to make a lot of money and to have a lot of free time, you gotta find the right vehicle. Yes. Uh, and I, I would argue that running your own company might not be the best vehicle. You could have a company, you can own it, but you wanna have someone else run it and someone else manage it. Yeah. And focus on building assets that can pay you over and over again. Yeah. Somebody asked me the other day, "What's what's the right amount of money to be quote wealthy? And I said, well, <laughs> it's not so much about wealth or net worth, the number one goal for everybody should be coming financially free, not rich first, not wealthy, but financially free, which Mm -hmm. means you are, as Kiyosaki said, out of the rat race. You have enough money coming in passively that you never need to work again. And that is a way more exciting day than when you make your first million dollars or your ten ten million 10 million dollars. I mean, that's way more exciting when you can be like, I am my own man. I am my own woman. Nobody can tell me what to do at this point. I am on my own. And this is amazing. And you can just do whatever you want. So to me, that's, financially free, it depends on the person. That might be sure. two thousand dollars a month, it might be five thousand, it might be a hundred thousand dollars a month. But yeah. um but the goal is to get to the point where you're free first and then you start building wealth and building mm-hmm. the next phase.
1: Next up is my good friend Eric Bussey, who I'm just listening to these clips again, like man, he's so good. Like this is a an episode about how to work in, on your business rather than in your business it's episode 58 and it's titled how eric works on his business rather than in his business and isn't that what we all want to do i kind of see the a theme of these clips of we're you know taking people from being that solo entrepreneur to getting on the other side of the quadrant uh wh- like what robert K- uh, kiyosaki talks about with uh, um with being a, a business owner and then eventually then also getting to be an investor. And so Eric is a perfect example of somebody that is a business owner. I've been on multiple calls with him. We'll ask him about his store. He has four retail stores. These are tool shops and he's got a private label brand on the Amazon. And he I will ask him questions about his store and he'll be like, "I don't know. I don't I don't do that part." He's got partners and he's got a team and like he has totally you know taken himself out of that business to a point where he didn't even know how certain things happen. And he doesn't need to know. He does what he does and lets everybody else do it. And he is reaping the profits from it. So cool. Um, And that's where we all want to be. And so this is an amazing episode. There's tons of golden nuggets here. Here's Eric.
9: Yeah. And we all made it all at once too. Yeah. Know? So there's three of us. So anytime we all come to the same conclusion, it's, it's uh-huh. pretty much a, a, a done deal and very, very clear. So yeah. all of us, we, we tend to live our lives, you know, praying to remove uh, most of ourselves so we can see the signs around us and see where yeah. we're supposed to be and see, yeah. um, you know, where we're led. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, so it makes those decisions very clear if we all yeah. come to that conclusion, because we all live very, very similar lives. And we yeah. all said, you know what, uh, these are the signs, you know, people yeah. are coming up and they're wanting to shop with us um, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be happening if it was going to be the wrong decision. So right. I'm, I'm just grateful. We were able to remove enough of ourselves yeah. and self-centered you know, all the, you know, stuff floating around to be able to see that. So here's, here's how I set up my schedule is, uh, you know, a, a successful life. To me is is looking at my week and, and having it completely blank on the calendar. Mm. You know, and I think a lot of people get stuck and they need to fill that calendar up to feel like they're doing something.
1: Yes. To feel like
9: they're busy and it's going to pay off and, and yeah. it will pay off. But to me, success looks very different. I like to see the empty calendar. Yeah. Um, if I'm too busy, I can't see the opportunities in my business for for real growth. When you start getting out of your business a little bit you get to see things a little bit differently so i, I could never do that if i was bringing people up for six days a week so building a team for me was so important because it allowed me to see these other opportunities that i never would have seen mm. um if i'm just in the business and and yes. that is to me what the owner um if you look at what uh, in an ideal world what the owner should be doing is mm. is creating the vision uh, making sure there's uh, enough money in the business and building relationships. Past those three things, there's not a whole lot that I see um, business owners should be doing or they should work uh, to, to get there. Create a vision, make sure there's
1: enough money in the business and
9: build relationships. And, and wow. that's it. Past those three things, bring someone else in uh, to, to do this for you.
1: Next up is the cheerleader of dreams, my good friend Terry Savalfoy. This is an awesome episode. I was so blessed and honored to be able to have her on my show. She's somebody I've been following for a long time. And, and again, another cool thing about having a podcast is you get to meet cool people. Now, um, I've worked with her ministry and I know a lot of her staff now. And so we're, we're, uh, friends. Um, but I am just, honor to be able to bring this to you go to episode 123 if you haven't listened to that episode 123 and she talks about you know your dreams and your goals and making those god-given dreams a reality and uh, those things that are on your heart you know she just helps you figure out how to make those happen and this is such a good episode and these clips are great here's my friend terry savoy
0: you know the thing is like you may have seen well I don't know if you can tell this one, but this picture right here is me in France in a mm-hmm. bookstore in Paris. But I put a picture of the Eiffel Tower on my vision board back then.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I said, Lord, I don't even know if this is you. I'm, right. My degree is in French. But I said, I'm just a girl from Texas speaking rusty French. I don't even know anyone in France, mm-hmm. but I trust you. Mm-hmm. But I really wasn't even sure. Is that God or is it just because everybody wants to go to Paris? You know, right, right. But I put it on the vision board anyway. Hmm. And then God began ordering my steps. Yes. And of course, now, you know, we have a whole outreach in France and books and the bookstores and stuff. But I found out that there is a connection between your potential, your passion Hmm. and your purpose.
3: Hmm.
0: So those desires that you have, they're not coincidental. In fact, the Lord said that to me recently in prayer. He said, um, if it's in your heart, it's there for a reason.
3: Hmm.
0: If it's in your heart, it's there for a reason. A lot of people don't have Paris in their heart or helping teenage girls, you know? But whatever God has put in your heart, don't disregard it because it looks so ridiculous. Right. Because every dream is impossible when you first get the dream. Yes. You know, the vision comes first, the provision comes second, right? Mm -hmm. So you never have all the money you need when God gives you a dream. There is a difference between dreams and goals. Mm -hmm. You know, dreams are like, my vision board back there. It has big dreams up there that I have no clue how they're going to happen, when they're going to mm-hmm. happen. Some of them have been up there for five years, mm-hmm. but goals are simply dreams with deadlines. Mm-hmm. You assign a deadline to it, like pay off the MasterCard, $4,000, you know, and 12 mm-hmm. cents, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's losing the certain amount of weight. That's finishing, you know, a real estate license or whatever. Those are goals that you would set over the next 12 months. This is what I want to accomplish. Yes. 80% of people are walking around like this with no yeah. vision.
3: Mm.
0: Now think about this, Ryan. God's word says without a vision, you perish. People
3: perish,
0: yeah. But 80% have no vision, no goals. He yeah. said 16% said, I have some goals, but I've never written them down. Yeah. He said 3% said, I've written them at some point, but I don't know where they are.
3: Yeah.
0: He said 1% said, I have goals. I've written them down and I review them on a consistent basis. Mm. He said, do you know who the 1% were? Millionaires. Yeah. Every one of them were millionaires.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And Ryan, when I began to hear those things back in 2002, 2003, 2004, I started thinking if millionaires can do this, if Jim Carrey, Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, they do this. Yeah. If they can do this and get results, How much more should I, as a believer, just take this principle from God's word? He said, write the vision, make it plain. Why can't I get results? And so it literally started with something that looked kind of foolish. And I never dreamed I would share this publicly because I wasn't doing any of this at the time. So I want to just mention this real quick, though, that there's such power in having pictures with your dreams.
3: Yes,
0: And the reason why is because your mind thinks in pictures. It doesn't mm-hmm. think in words, you right. know. So when you add a picture, um, the business world, the success world calls it, you know, the law of attraction. Or they'll talk yeah. about how your subconscious mind doesn't know anything different than, you know, if this is reality or if it's fake. Right. And so us as believers, your faith goes to work to Mm -hmm. make that image happen. I learned a few years ago, we always set milestone goals Mm. because um, milestones, they they help you not feel defeated or just like, dear Lord, are we ever going to get there?
3: Mm.
0: So a milestone goal, we always set three of them. Like if the goal was 10,000 new subscribers on YouTube, Mm -hmm. then we would say, when we hit 3,000, we're going to celebrate. When we reach 5,000, we're going to celebrate. When we reach 7500 we're going to throw a party. And then if we reach 10,000, awesome. We did the goal. Yes. But we're going to celebrate all the way because it just builds your faith and it builds yeah. that momentum that you're going the right way. Keep going. Don't give up. You know. Yeah. So I do that with everything, with our savings goals, everything. Mm. You know, our sales goals, we do that with everything. Even with new partners joining the ministry, my team has milestone goals and we celebrate when we
1: reach one this next set of clips comes from my now good friend melissa hughes who has an amazing story this is from episode 173 and her the lord told her to post videos online and her very first video went viral and she got on the kelly clarkson show and now she's actually working with us to build out a social media team, and we help people with their social media, managing the, their accounts and posting videos for them. She's all about short form video. She said, "If you're not posting video, you're going to be left behind, uh, especially if you're in business." But this is an awesome interview. Uh, she tells her story of how they, her and her husband Kian, moved to England to plant a church. And then he was in an auto accident and then just went through they went through some struggles. And she talks about how just the Lord spoke to her through those times and got her uh, through all that. Uh, but guys, if you're struggling in, in any area, this this episode is going to be really good for you. Go back and listen to this. But here is my friend, Melissa.
10: I think like, and this is so true. I even like find this even now in my relationship with God. I think that moment, though, was the first time that I was actually willing to have an honest conversation with the Lord. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of shame around that. Almost, not, you know, and maybe it's just me, but it feels like, when you say like, I am a person of faith and you put your trust in God and then things don't go out, go out, go down well. And especially Mm -hmm. when you're in leadership, you don't feel like you really have the opportunity to be like, Ooh, you know, like I'm actually struggling with trust, like believing that God's good. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm struggling to trust him right now Mm -hmm. because it's like this toxic positivity of like, and even if you say that to another believer, they're like, "Hey, but God's and it's true, right? We need to yes. encourage each other. We right. need the truth." Yes. But I think sometimes like for us being able to really come to Jesus with our honest like all of it, you know? Like mm-hmm. he knows, but I yes. I for myself I just could not really be have that type of intimacy with him yeah. because I thought that he wanted all my good bits.
3: Mm. So
10: realizing that God is interested in my ugly parts and the parts that I'm like struggling with really opened me up to such a much deeper level of intimacy
3: Mm.
10: and freedom in my relationship with him Yes, and knowing that like, it doesn't change how he feels about me.
3: Yes.
10: It makes That's me emotional good. talking about yes, it. But like yeah. you know, we just so thing. much, I think, as a Christian, like want to like be pleasing to him. Yeah. And do the things and, you know, have our life be a testimony. But when we feel like, hmm, like I I don't feel that way and I'm actually struggling with like, you know, ugly feelings, yeah. It's hard. <laughs> yes. Where we can approach the throne of grace Mm -hmm. with confidence.
1: Find help help in our time of need.
10: And find help in our time of need. Yes. And I just think that that's so important. And so many Christians don't feel like they can approach the throne of grace. Yes. In their time of need, they're like, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Or just like not really be vulnerable with God. But that Mm -hmm. honest conversation um, about yourself and then God and then getting his word on it. Yeah. And then obviously like surrounding yourself with believers that are going to say, Melissa, this is real. Let's be real about how you feel. Stop faking mm-hmm. it till you make it. Mm-hmm. But let me really truly encourage you in your faith. So I think those yeah. things were, have been instrumental in my life. um, really overcoming and, and also, sorry, I'll, I'll wrap this up. I'll go but- for
1: it. This is awesome to me. I love this. I could talk for hours about all this stuff. So go. Whatever oh, I
10: love <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I think the thing that was like you know there's there's something about when God speaks to you he actually works better in contrast really? because you can't have a triumph without a tragedy uh-huh. you can't like really love someone without experiencing heartache like uh-huh. that's no way to live you like God gives us a profound life and I just saw the cross yes and the resurrection and I was like whoa I've always just wanted, like, all the happy parts about Jesus, right? Like, yes. the miracles, the crowds, you know, the <laughs> healings. And and God's like, that's, not, Melissa, no, that's not the Christian life. It's
3: right.
10: It's the cross, right? Take up your cross and follow me. It's the pain. It's the suffering that we do go through as believers. Mm-hmm. And it's the resurrection. And mm-hmm. life is better. And, mm-hmm. like, it's more profound.
1: Next up is Shane Sams from episode 189. Shane has actually been a guest twice on my show and he is just somebody I look up to tremendously in regard to how to build and grow a membership community. So as you know, I co-founded the Legends group back in 2016. I bought my partner out in 2020 and just, just a, literally, um, Today, as I'm recording this, it's just been a little over a month, less than a month, actually, that I sold that business uh, to one of my students, a good friend, Jimmy Smith. But I learned a lot about being a membership community leader how to do that from Shane. And he in this episode, uh, he talks about building relationships. I guess there is a theme in all of these guests that I'm seeing is that relationships are key. And Shane talks about the Dream 100 strategy and getting in front of those people who have their audience or have your audience, your ideal person in their audience already, building that relationship with that person. And uh it's just a fascinating
4: episode. I always learn a lot when I talk to Shane. Here it is. I got it. An email one day, and um, you know, I didn't plan on being a public speaker. I, I I've always done this strategy. It's called the Dream One Hundred. I think yep. a guy named Chuck Holmes came up with it. Uh uh-huh. huh. Um, There's a guy named Dana Derricks that talks about it a lot out there. He's a great. Dana Derricks is a good friend of both of ours. Great, yeah. great, great, great proponent of the the Dream One Hundred strategy. And the the, yeah. the strategy basically for entrepreneurs, which I think is the best strategy you could ever do to grow your business, is it's just relationships. Yeah. You know, like you you serve others first. Like, how mm-hmm. can I help? other people as much as possible. That's so good. And build reciprocity and and help each other like like we go on each other's podcasts. Yep. Um you've been on my podcast, I've been on your podcast, and we go back and forth and you start, you start yeah. you, that's how that's the name of the game. Yep. And through those relationships you will help each other grow audience. Absolutely. When you are a guest on someone else's podcast, okay. Um, there's always a great opportunity to promote each other, right? And people are going to promote their own content. So you're going to get some publicity there. Sure. But like what my team will do, Ryan, now that I'm going to be on your show is, they're going to say, hey, Ryan, let's get you signed up for the affiliate program. We're not just yep. going to opt people in. We're going right. to tag you. Yep. And anyone that buys anything through your link, we're going to send you money every month. Oh, cool. That, that, that does that. So like we're turning now, my dream 100 strategy is, I don't want you to be on 100 podcasts. I want 100 new affiliates. Yes, and then why would someone not continue to promote it? If every time, every month you get a check, like, well, I need to share that on Facebook again. Exactly, It's a reminder to reshare my stuff, you know? Yeah. So Absolutely. we can create these incredible relationships and, and grow our businesses. And it's so much it. safer than ads and stuff like that. So memberships, the the, the the need for a membership came out of my need for a paycheck, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I liked getting a paycheck every couple of weeks. I just hated that it ran out the day before it every time, yeah. right? And we wanted stable income. Like I wanted predictable income. You know, courses are great. I mean, you can sell courses, but what if you don't sell anymore? Exactly. Coaching is great, but what if your clients all quit? But memberships, you know, like if I get a member right now, our average members in our current monthly iteration uh, stayed 12.04 months. That's awesome. So let's say I go out and get 100 people to pay me $50 a month. Well, that's $5,000 a month. Mm -hmm. for 12 months. Like I know what I'm going to make in the future. Yes. Not what I'm going to make today. It also does something else. When you, when you know that the reason I love membership so much is it it creates a floor. So like, I don't love, I I know that online business has, has no ceiling guys. You can make as much money as you want. I've not even found the roof yet. Okay. We just keep figuring out ways to make more if we want to, if we don't want to, we can stay where we are and be content. That's fine. But what a membership does is it's like, you know, I know if I, if I know how many members I've got, I know how many, on average, leave and how long they stay. I can predict the floor of my business in the future. So if I have a bad month of new sales, mm-hmm. well, my floor is sixty k. My floor is one hundred and twenty k. I got two hundred members. Like, it takes so much stress and anxiety off of you to have a membership tier. Yeah. like I can't. It, it's it's like when Dave Ramsey tells people, you know, the feeling when they get out of debt.
3: Mm-hmm. When you're an
4: entrepreneur and you have recurring revenue that you can predict six to twelve months out. Yeah, you are free. You're unshackled to take risks. You don't yes. have to worry about feeding your family, and that clarity gives you so much more space to do the fun stuff, the yep. entrepreneurial stuff, to dream and to make relationships and go on podcasts. And you're just not worried all the time, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's what I like about it, and yes. the, it's the best entry point into any sales funnel. Period. Mm. Trip wires and lead magnets and whatever you say if you can get like a free trial and you get a hundred people to take the free trial and maybe half of them keep it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You dude, everybody's, nobody's going to say no to that. It's free. And if you don't like it, leave. If you do love it, stay. And now once you get people in a membership, maybe, maybe in the membership, all they're doing, let's talk about time is watching your course. And once a week, one hour a week, You show up and answer questions about your course. Yes. And then the rest of the time, you put your people in a place where they can talk to each other and have a community, Mm. make friends. All of a sudden, you've got this thing that's bigger than just a course. But guess what happens? People stay three, four, five, six months. Some of them crush it. You get a bunch of testimonials. Some of them get a little stuck or frustrated. Guess what they immediately do? Hey, Shane. Hey, Ryan. Ryan. Where can I get more help? They don't go to Google anymore. They don't go to YouTube anymore. Mm -hmm. They ask you, the leader and founder of the community, how to get more help. Well, guess what? Well, I mean, for 500 bucks a month, we can work Mm one-on-one. Oh, oh, you now have a whole new level in your business. You've got this higher ticket. So it's the best seed for higher revenue-generating things that you can ever have. Um, And it creates super fans, man. You build relationship that has people go out, and your members will advocate for you Your customers always won't, but your members will. And
1: now, last but definitely not least, my friend Dana Derricks, who Stephen Hibbert, who's a co-host on this show uh, a lot. uh, We actually flew up to Wisconsin to meet with him for a couple days and learned a ton from him. He's the author of the book, Dream 100. He's actually since sold that business just recently and moved on to more copywriting and other things that he's doing for his clients. He's an amazing guy, but he authored Dream 100, which is the strategy... Of Finding those people, those gatekeepers that you can connect with, that you can serve. For example, let's say that you have written a book or you have a course uh, in a certain niche and there's uh, you know five or ten people that, man, it'd be so great uh, if you could get on their radar, if they knew about your book or knew about your course. And if they would actually promote that, well, how do you build a relationship with that person? Well, you invite them on your podcast, you, uh, you send them gifts, you send them emails and serve their communities. You buy their courses, you buy their books, you get in their community, you and serve, you serve their audience and you will start to get noticed and you will get on their radar. Uh, and so we learned this from him. And uh, what's really cool is a lot of these guests that we've had on this episode, have referenced that. Um, Shane Sams in particular has has referenced the Dream 100 strategy uh, as a key for him building his business. But this is an awesome one. Here's Dana. The
11: better you get at Dream and Harding, um, the kind of more eggs you can put in the basket Mm -hmm. and and the more you can expect to get something out of it. Um, And with that though, I will say the number one rule that I say with respect to Dream and Harding is make sure that you have no expectations. Okay. And more ex- importantly is no conditions. So the people that do it wrong, they put conditions on it. Right. And and I see it, it just makes the whole thing not work. Here's why. Number one, and, and let me give you an example. I have myself and, and friends of mine all the time. We receive a lot of stuff in the mail. We receive a lot of Dream 100 efforts, which is great. We appreciate it very much. However, some people do it the wrong way and they put a condition on it. So for example, some people will send... Like I got a buddy named Steve Larson. He received a package from someone and it was great. Thank you. But then they immediately expected him to just promote them to his entire audience. Mm. And then they were mad when he didn't. Mm. It's like, that is, first of all, it's really bad expectation to set for yourself because now you're going to set yourself up for failure. You're going to get burnt out and think this stuff doesn't work and everyone's terrible. Um, but then secondarily, it cheapens the whole thing. It's kind of like a girl going, a guy taking a girl out on a date mm-hmm. and having an expectation at the end of the night, what's going to happen. It just right. cheapens the whole thing, right? Yeah. And they can feel that. So yeah. um, that's kind of what not to do. But um, getting back into it, uh, when you can identify really high level strategic Dream100 targets, let's say for, you know, getting into an e kind of example, um, let's say you're in arbitrage and you... Um, find a killer product that you know, you can go and sell on Amazon or sell Mm -hmm. online. And that company is not interested in doing it, but would love to have you do it. You need to win them over, right? Yes. So you can go pretty deep on that. Because if you think of it this way, everybody thinks about kind of customer acquisition cost, right? That's a big Mm -hmm. buzzword in business. So we know, hey, I can spend five bucks to acquire a customer that's worth 10 bucks. I'm winning. But if you think about it this way with like that on her target that has a product line that manufactures a product that you can sell, right? What's that worth to you? What is that on her target? Mm. Like acquiring them. What is that yeah. worth thousands? Right. Yes. So that's where it's like, that makes sense to actually put all that time, effort, energy, and even sometimes money into building that relationship. Cause if you can win over, let's say you try it with three different ones, yeah. you spend a thousand on each three, which I know sounds like a lot, but you land one of the three, Yes. All of a sudden you just unlocked, let's say, a fifty thousand dollar a year um in your pocket uh, stream of income. I you know if you ever had like one of those moments in your life or or business where you had to like actually stop and be like, oh my gosh, like that is something that I that makes everything else make sense. Yeah. Pretty rare, right? Yeah. But you've had them, sure. Um, that was uh easily. For me, when I read a book called The Ultimate Sales Machine by a guy named Chet Holmes, Uh um, I got into the chapter. He's got a chapter on the Dream 100 in there. And I read it and I literally stopped and I said, this is what I've done my whole life. And I didn't know there was a word for it. So read that chapter (laughs) 10 times at least. And uh, uh, from that point on, what I did was I scoured the internet for more training on the Dream 100. There was essentially nothing which was crazy to me. Um, Russell Brunson had a chapter. uh, He called it the lost chapter in one of his books that went over the dream 100. Um, And now since he's come up with other trainings on it, but there was almost nothing when I discovered this years ago. And so I kind of went on this self, uh, I don't know, self, uh, what's the word? Um, Challenge of (laughs) creating all of it. Cause I'm like, this is something everyone should be doing. And we have people like Chet and Russell and others saying, you need to do this. This is the foundation of my company, but it's like, okay, but how, like, how should we do it? Uh, So I went on that, that just sparked this journey of like, I need to, first of all, get intentional about like surrounding myself with people I know that will level me up. Right. And that's a matter. I mean, a lot of you probably are past that, but if you're not, that means getting rid of people (laughs) that's, you you can't shove, you you can only fit so many in your bucket. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That means you got to start taking right. some out and that sucks and it whatever, but you'd have to do it. So that's kind of the foundation of it. But then it's like thinking about, okay, where am I trying to go? Who's already been there or who can help me get there? And then what can I do for them,
3: mm-hmm. right?
11: That, that's kind of the, at, at that moment, it all just kind of made sense. And then that, I started designing my life and my business uh-huh. that way. Let me first start with why. Why should we do this? So private label friends and guys and gals, I did this really wrong. So in case you're not overly familiar, which you guys probably are, e-commerce, the part of e-commerce that people don't tell you, um, except Ryan or the few that you know are very honest, um, is that an e-commerce business doesn't really make money until it stops growing. okay? Because why? Well, the first time you sell out of 500 units, and then you're thinking, "Wow, that's amazing! I sold 500 units this month. Well, what do you have to do next month? You have to send a thousand units. Really? and What do you have to do after you sell that out? Five thousand. So you're yeah. reinvesting back in. And then not even yeah. not only that, if you're like Dana and you can't control yourself um, and you have a supplement line and you have all these <laughs> ideas for more supplements, you end up yeah. going from you know four supplements when you launched to 26 in your SKU list. Um, and then it really doesn't make money. <laughs> um, so here's the point of me saying that. Why should you get off, diversify off of Amazon if that's your main source of sales? Well, knowing, having exited my e-commerce Amazon company, I now know that your business will be worth three to four times as much when you go to sell it. That's when the real payday is made, by the way, yeah. Um. at least in my eyes. When you go to sell it, it'll be worth time three to four times as much, which is a big deal and a lot of money, if you can get at least 30% of your total sales off of Amazon. Okay. So 70% on Amazon, Uh 30% off. If you can do that, you will, your company will be worth probably three times as much when you go to sell. That's why this is really important. Cause I know it sounds like, Oh, cool. But like, I could spend the same amount of time and just make that on Amazon. Yes, you could, but you're not going to 3X
4: along the way. Bye-bye everyone. See you next week.